Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. He is the light of the world. And let me just make it real simple. He came to shine in your life. To light up every dark place in your life and to make sense out of life. And then he came so you could be a light to others. So it's really one of those two things. Let's go to where he actually says and calls himself. He says, I am the light of the world. It's chapter 8 of the Gospel of John. If you got your Bible or you got your phone or you got an iPad or computer screen, whatever it is you're using, go to the 8th chapter of the Gospel of John. And notice what happens immediately before he says what we're going to read in verse 12. What happens before it is a woman is caught in the act of adultery. The Pharisees bring her to Jesus. And Jesus, it's that moment where he looks at them and says, you know, hey, I know what the law says. But if you're without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And none of them could throw one stone at her. Why? Because they knew they'd made a mistake or two. And now we have no light. Okay, there we go. That's the day you want the lights to go out when we're talking about the light of the world. So, (laughs) I hope that was intentional. Um, So Jesus looks at her and says, where are your accusers? And then he looks at her and says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, If, in fact, the next verse actually follows that moment. Now, some believe that story might have happened at another time. You know, I'm not so sure about that. I kind of like the way John has it in the gospel. And I think it might be the next conversation. Look at what Jesus says, maybe to her, but to anybody else standing there who couldn't believe what just happened. This is what he says. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I mean, here's a woman who was living in darkness. Here's a bunch of Pharisees who were living in darkness. And Jesus says, by the way, guys, I'm the light of the world. When you follow me, you will have that light. In your life. And it's the light that will bring life. Now that's Jesus' moment, okay? Makes perfect sense. Let's look at what the gospel writer himself said about Jesus as the light of the world. It's called the prologue, chapter one. Chapter one, John, the disciple, writes this In him was life. Who's he talking about? Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember that idea. The darkness has not stopped it yet. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist. He's not referring to himself. It's John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. 
that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So let me make sure we understand. We're not the light, but we are a witness to the light. And when you know Jesus, you know the light of the world. And that light has shined in you. Now, I think there's some ideas that kind of surface and are around this idea of Jesus being the light of the world. Okay? And I would group them this way. And we'll just put them up so you can see them. Light is essential. Light beats darkness every time. Jesus is the only true light. Light is our mission. Okay, so remember these. We'll start with the first one. Light is essential. Who knows what the first thing God ever created when he spoke into existence, when it says, let there be, what was the first thing? Light. Why was it light? And what's interesting, he does that in verse 3 of Genesis chapter 1, but down in verse 14, he creates the sun and the stars. So then what kind of light happened in verse 1? What happened was God himself said, I will be the light for the universe. I will be the light for the world. I will be the light for everyone to see. I think it was a reference to the character of God. I think his presence brings light. So it wasn't just a matter of, well, wait till the sun gets here, then you'll have light. No, no, no. God said, I'm here. It's all the light you need, but I'll make the sun one day. So what's he saying? He's saying that his presence and light is essential. It's mentioned more than 275 times in the Bible. And guess what? 30 times in one gospel, which gospel writer do you think wrote the most about light? Just take a wild guess. John, uh, if the clue is that's where we are. Uh, that's just, sorry, went right over. All right. Where God dwells, there's light. Think about the way it all happened. Do you remember when Moses went up on the mountain and was with God and he came down and the people were like, man, Moses, you're glowing. Remember that? His face was glowing. What's the deal? He was in the presence of the light himself. And it just seems that everywhere God shows up, there was light. When Jesus was born out in the field, the shepherds saw what? A great light. And it shined on them and they were sore afraid is what the King James says. So it was a big light. And then you remember when Paul was on the road to Damascus and all of a sudden he thought he was doing God a favor by killing all the Christians and all of a sudden he looks up and there was what? A light. And it blinded him. It was so bright. And then Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, one day when the Antichrist appears, all of a sudden the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Messiah the coming Christ and King will appear and he will destroy the Antichrist. How? By the brilliance of his coming. In other words, the glory, the light of Jesus will destroy. Come on, let's give thanks that Jesus is the light. And that light will destroy the Antichrist one day. And then you look at heaven. In heaven, 
There is no sun. As you end. Well, then how are we going to see? He is the light of our new home. He is all the light we need. So light is essential. Light causes things to grow. Light helps you find your way. I mean, think about it. how many of you have ever been in a situation where you had no light? I mean, you might have been in a, in a hotel room or something and the power went out or whatever and you had no light at all. You should have called me. I have a flashlight for every one of you. I mean, I love flashlights. You know why? I don't want to be caught without light. Light changes everything. Light gives me a chance to see. Light brings healing. I have sure missed the sun lately myself. You know, I used to think those winters back in the south, oh, no big deal, a little rain, a little chilly. But when you don't see the sun for three months, it's a big deal. But man, all of a sudden when that sun comes out, you just feel better. Light is so important. It's essential. And Jesus is the light of the world. Second thing, light wins every time. Now, I want you to think about this one. Light beats darkness every time. When Jesus first came, according to that prologue, that first chapter of John, he shines in the darkness, and the darkness has what? Not overcome it. There's a lot of different translations of that. Some say the darkness has not comprehended it. That's probably my least favorite. Comprehended sounds like you're trying to understand it. <laughs> I don't know if you'll ever understand the light in, in its full sense. Some say the light could not stop it like this. That's a good one. Do you know what? In the Greek, it literally means darkness cannot hold the light down. In other words, no matter how dark this room gets, it's just a simple principle. You get this room as dark as you can get it, and one of you take your cell phone and turn your flashlight on. Just one of you shatters the darkness of the whole room. Light beats darkness every time. And darkness actually, you know what I think darkness is spiritually? It's just the absence of light. You, you got a relationship that's not going well and, man, it just feels dark. It's missing Jesus. It's missing light. You, you're, you're in a situation where you just feel like there's darkness. It's missing light. When Jesus was born, he was born into a world that was darkened, literally. And they were looking for hope, and they were looking for light. So what we've got to understand is it doesn't matter what causes the darkness. What matters is what shatters the darkness. So I would rather spend more time telling my neighbor about the hope of Jesus than try to tell them why they're dark. Or try to tell them why their marriage is falling apart. Nothing wrong with giving good counsel. But if you leave out the fact that Jesus is the only one to, that will win over darkness, you've missed the whole point. He is the light of the world. He will change anything. Any dark place, he changes it. Now, he's the only true light. He is the only true light. What do I mean by that? There's a lot of books out there today that tell us that every human being has a light within them. Now, I do believe we have a divine spark. We have a divine image. We were made in the image of God. I mean, it's what the Bible teaches. But to say that there's a light within us that all we got to do is look inside and we'll find that light. 
I'm okay with it as long as you identify that that light is not me. What I'm looking for is not more of me. That's called narcissist. Narcissist. They, they love the light that they have within them, right? I think what the Bible teaches is that the light came into the world. Go back to verse 9 of John's gospel, chapter 1. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Isn't it interesting he didn't say it was already in the world, just look in your heart. No, the true light was coming. We didn't have it. There was a dominion of darkness that had this planet in its grip, and all of us were a part of that dominion of darkness until one day Jesus delivered us, and he led us into the kingdom of what? Light. So the light is not something we find in us. It's something that came into us the moment Jesus walked in our life. And so back in verse 12 that we read in the beginning, Jesus spoke to them and said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So it's like the moment Jesus comes in, it's true. That light is perfect. That light is so clear. It's so helpful. And the reason I, I, I'm just spending a moment on this true light idea is for this reason. The Bible warns us about something. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of what? Light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. What's he saying to us? What's the warning? Satan knows the best way to deceive and destroy is to pretend to be light. He disguises himself as the angel of light. And so what happens, people will follow and people will get caught up and, and forget that that's not the true light. That's simply a light that Satan wants you to believe. I don't want you to raise your hand on this, but how many of you have ever been scammed or deceived? How many of you get emails? You can raise your hand on this one. How many of you get emails and text messages that uh, your UPS deliverer needs to talk to you? So if you'll <laughs> respond, and, and, you know what I'm talking about, raise your hand. I'm about to tell you something I'm so embarrassed to admit. We got like four emails, said my serious radio account was overdue. Four of them. And Rachel said, you probably ought to check in that if you want serious radio, XM, serious radio. I said, yeah, I do. So I uh, responded. And when I responded, I knew the moment I responded, uh, I don't think this is right. So I paid them, only to get a phone call from the bank saying, did you just pay? And they named some organization. I said, no, that's not who I paid. I paid XM Radio. No, you didn't. Can I just tell you that today the deception is more deceiving than it's ever been. And I'm talking about teachers of so-called light. Teachers of so-called truth. Guys, there's one place you can trust. There's one source you can trust. And it's not me. It's this book. 
This is the true light. This is the only place. So he says, be careful because you can be deceived just like that. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. It basically says, let, the, let it shine out of darkness. The God who said, let it shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, the same God who said one day when it all began, let there be light, he shined into your life. He shined into my life. I know he is the true light. So let me ask you, when you're evaluating a podcast, when you're evaluating somebody you're following on social media, are you watching a TikTok or are you watching an Insta reel and you're trying to figure out, man, is this, this guy's claiming stuff. Is that legit? Is that real? I need you to ask two questions every time. Do I find anything in this book that validates what I just heard? Number two, does that lead people closer to Jesus? And if you can't answer both of them, it's not true light. What's happened to us is we have shaped light in our own image. We have formed God in our image. And so we think, oh, I've got the light. And that's why when people tell you, oh, no, this is the truth. No, nobody else is right. I'm right. This is the truth. Beware. Here's a great quote for you. Anne Lamont. You can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. That is not the true God. And we are so in a season. Sometimes we turn to religion and we think, well, religion is the true life. Yes, if it's about Jesus, it is. Or it's politics and, and that's the true life. Or media, social media, or it's, it's my own thoughts. And I'm... I'm I'm telling you, Jesus is the only true light. That's all there is. He's the only true light. Now, the last thing, light is our mission. That's what we're all about. Light is our mission. Now, I know some of you are in a place, I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you work in an office where there's a lot of darkness? Don't raise your hand. Because your employer could be sitting right behind you. <laughs> How many of you are, again, do not raise your hand. How many of you are in a relationship right now? There's a lot of darkness. How many of you are in a neighborhood where your neighbors and some things going on in your neighborhood are really dark? I bet you every one of those, we got people in this room. In fact, to one of those, all of us could raise our hand in a, in a way. Well, that's great. I want to tell you that's great. You know why? Because you're there. Maybe that's why you're there, is to be light. Guys, he called us to be light. Let your light shine. And we'll look at where he said it. You and I have the light of the world living in us. So there's no darkness that ought to make us afraid. Light beats darkness every time. So why do we run from darkness? Light it up. Why do we spend all our time cursing the darkness? Light it up. 
Be the neighbor that shows your neighbors Christ. Be the worker that shows the people in the break room that you're not the same as everybody else. There's something different about you. And that something different is you love Jesus and you drink coffee. I'm, I'm just that last part. No, but you love Jesus. Tell them. I mean, let your light shine. John the Baptist said, I must decrease. He must increase. That's true of every one of us. The more he increases, the more light we're able to share. Lisa Turkhurst made a great statement. She said, it's either Jesus or darkness. There's no third alternative. Jesus or darkness. And guess what? You know Jesus. Light up the darkness. Be that light. Jesus actually called us to that. Let me show you a couple of places. One of them, the best one, is in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, you all know this one. Jesus is teaching probably the greatest way to live life ever. It's, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, 16. You are the light of the world. Who's he talking to? He was talking to the disciples. He was talking to people. The disciples, one of them was Judas. One of them was Simon Peter. One of them was Matthew, a tax collector. Yes, light of the world. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. We are the light of the world. Well, I thought he was the light of the world. He is. But when he lives in you, let your light shine. Let him shine through your life. Watch this. A city set on a hill can't be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus shining through us. We got to let our light shine. You remember that little song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let, sing with me. Come on, help me here. <laughs> that little song, that's it. We learned it as a kid. This little light of mine, what light? Jesus. Not me. Jesus. I'm going to let him shine. And you know when people seem the best? When you're doing things that can't be explained other than Jesus. When you're helping somebody. When, when you're showing love to a neighbor. When you're... When you're meeting a need, you know what our staff did this week? We had a day called Staff Serve Day. And what we decided to do is we'd take a day and we would serve. And so we, all day Thursday, Thursday morning, we took, there were 126 staff that did it. Half of us went to one place, half another place. One group was at Edgewood Children's Ranch. I talked to Bruce after it. He said it was the most phenomenal thing. He said, to see that many staff members, it's unbelievable. And then the other group was at the rescue mission. Now, that afternoon, we came back, we had lunch, and that afternoon, we did something. I've never heard of this ministry, and, and, and it's really even, not even a ministry, it's, it's some thing that meets a need and Christians are able to share the love of Christ through it. It's called sleep in heavenly peace. 
And there's a website. I think we've got the, the website to put up somewhere. I think it's sleeping heavenly peace beds. Here it is. Let me tell you what it does. This group has discovered, and they discovered it through a, a youth ministry up in the north that put beds together for children in their community who didn't have a bed to sleep on. And all of a sudden, they start realizing their kids like this all over. Do you know how many kids in central Florida go to bed at night on the floor? They do not have a bed to sleep in. The number, astound, I, it just blew my mind, 2,000 kids don't have a bed to sleep on. So what this group does, they go and assemble beds and they make it possible for people to be a part of that and to build the bed. 40 beds we built on Thursday afternoon. Now, there should be a picture. We got a picture up there? Yeah, there you go. Now look, there, <laughs> that's your staff. And, and we had all kind of stuff going on. Man, we had power tools. Now they don't just turn us loose with a bunch of power tools. There was a training and there was kind of stuff we had to do and things we couldn't do. There was sanding going on. There was branding, literally these beds, the headboard. And then we were running screws in, which is what I was doing. They're staining. And all of that, they said, every time you make a bed, every screw I ran in to build the headboard, along with Juan, who works in our student ministry, pray for the child who sleeps in that bed. Pray they will meet Jesus. Pray they will know why we did it. Now, I'm just telling you this because there's a lot of ways for us to live a life that lets others see the light of Jesus in us. So I want to tell you, this is Paul's prayer, and it's my prayer for our church. I know these are hard times. I know it's a dark place. And, and, and like I said earlier, where you work, where you live, there's a lot of darkness. But listen to what Paul said in Philippians. That you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. He pretty well called it. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. My prayer is that we will shine as lights in the world. And they will see our good works. And they will glorify our Father in heaven. So I, have, I just want to ask you two things. Number one, do you know Jesus? Do you know the light of the world? Do you know him? Because if you've never said yes to Christ, there is this thing called darkness that's still in you. And it may have deceived you into thinking you're good. And you're trying to uh, deal with it by reading a book, buying more crystals, I don't know, whatever it is. There's only one light of the world. His name is Jesus. You need the light of the world right here. First step. Second step. If you have the light of the world, is there a place in your life that it's still dark? Is, is there something in your life where there's darkness and you need that light to be shining in that? I know there's some marriages and relationships in this room that are not going well. Every time I meet somebody that there's darkness in their relationship, I always say, well, what about Jesus? Folks, the only answer to darkness is light. That's the only thing. You can't dress up darkness. 
You can't do anything to make it better. Only light destroys darkness. So I want to ask you, are you willing to let that light shine? So I want us to just bow our heads for a moment. You, you know the areas in your life. You know what's going on in your relationships, in your work, in your finances. If you already know the light of the world, if you, if you know that Jesus is the Lord of your life, let him shine and start in you. And are we willing to go to darkness? Are we willing to go to that neighbor or that person at work or somebody that's very difficult? Are we willing to go and be a light to them? I just want us to spend a moment with our heads bowed. You're welcome to come to this altar anytime. Last week, so many of you responded and you, you made a decision for the bread of life. You have that opportunity today for the light of the world. And especially for God to use you to be light somewhere. I'd love for God to give us all just one name or one place where we're going to go try be, to be light. And by that I mean we're going to let Jesus shine through us. If every one of us in this room did that, if everyone on the stream did that, can you imagine what would happen to the darkness? It shattered. Lord, I just, I just thank you so much for the hope that the darker our world becomes, the brighter your light is. And so, Lord, forgive us for complaining of darkness. And help us find ourselves praying to light it up. Help us to see darkness as a mission where we are to take the light of the world. And I pray, Father, we will shine as lights in a very dark place. I pray that for our church. I pray that for us individually. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And Jesus, thank you for being the light of the world. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.